David, let's clarify exactly which parts of the Mary River are affected firstly. Not the mouth of Sampan or Tommycut. No. But it does include the intertidal zone uh, for the whole of Cape Hotham to Tommycut. Yes. Wildman? Yes. The area of the actual Shady Camp boat ramp? Yes. Shady Freshwater? Shady Freshwater, yes. And the Mary River Bridge Lagoon? Correct. Corroborate? No. To the other claim along the Perrins, the coast along Channel Point adjacent to the Perrins? Yes, that's right. Including the Channel Point public ramp and that, that boat ramp there in the public camping area? That's right. It seems that way. Uh, the mouth of the Reynolds? Yes, that's right. And the, the coastal creeks in that area. What about areas of, in, in the Ropa? What's affected there? The lower claim, and this is where most people will be fishing, is from the boat ramp around Port Ropa, um, upstream uh, towards the Ropa Bar. How significant is the impact on the recreational fishing sector if the claims are granted? Well, the immediate effect of the grants would be that people can't go into any of these areas without a permit. And so there is a relatively uh, extreme impact on recreational fishing. These are some of the most important recreational fishing areas in the Northern Territory. There certainly uh, is scope for an open areas declaration on Aboriginal lands. And in the case of Kemby, for example, we saw uh, that that was part of the settlement. So before the minister agreed to grant the land, uh, he had to be satisfied that there would be an open areas declaration that would allow for continued recreational fishing. These are bed and banks uh, claims. They are different to land claims. We're talking about rivers and coastal areas. Uh, This is somewhat untested. Certainly the Minister has options to ensure that there is continued recreational fishing access and we would um, expect him to investigate all opportunities. Even before we get to that point, though, does the Federal Indigenous Affairs Minister have the legal option to determine that the potential detriment on third parties outweighs the Indigenous interests in those intertidal waters and beds and banks and therefore not approve the granting of the claim? The granting of any of these claims is solely the decision of the Minister and one of the things that he needs to take into account is uh, the detriment to other parties or or the impacts on other parties. Now, in the case of large portions of land that uh, nobody had an interest in, that's one thing. In the bed, banks and rivers uh, of rivers uh, and um, the coastline of really important fishing areas in the Northern Territory, there is a lot of interested parties uh, and there is a lot of detriment to the community if there was no access or if access was to become costly in the future. So it's a a really uh, important decision for the Minister to make uh, and he's going to have a lot of evidence being presented for him. So what's AFANT doing to establish the impact, uh, that detriment, and provide that evidence to the Land Commissioner? We have a survey which is going live through our Facebook and on our website for people who fish Shady Camp, people who fish the Mary River, people who fish Channel Point and um, from uh, out towards the Perrin Islands uh, need to jump online and have their say and inform the uh, evidence that we're going to provide to the Commissioner so that he can see firsthand these are the areas people have identified as being fishers in those areas and this is what they stand to lose if they can no longer fish in those areas or if it's to become costly into the future. What it means is that under the Land Rights Act, which is federal legislation that only applies in the Northern Territory, the complete control in that land and access to that land is vested in the Aboriginal people and the Land Council. 
it's an offence to enter that land without a permit from any other person. So you can't fish there, you can't travel through there, you can't take water from there. Um, so that's uh, a reasonably larger effect without, as I said, uh, as we said, without a permit. Um, and a permit can attach, can have conditions attached to it, which could include payments or other conditions, or indeed just take some time and rigmarole to obtain. Looking at places like Channel Point, where there are plenty of million-dollar shacks scattered along the beach there, are those owners of those properties party to any of these negotiations or have they engaged with you to show the detriment? Yes, we're uh, this firm as well as other firms in the Territory and the Territory Government's participating to identify and make the Aboriginal Land Commissioner aware of what detriment exists because the job of the Aboriginal Land Commissioner is to determine whether there is Aboriginal spiritual connection and affiliation to the land and whether Aboriginal people forage there. That's generally um, established and people generally don't have a problem with that at all. But then there's an issue about identifying what the detriment or what the adverse effects are on third parties. Important to note, it's not the Aboriginal Land Commissioner that does the weighing of the benefit to Aboriginal people and their connection with the detriment. That's the job of the uh, Federal Minister for Indigenous Affairs, which is currently uh, Senator Nigel Scullion. So let's take that one step at a time then. It is likely, isn't it, that these claims will be recommended for granting? Yes, because Aboriginal people are a large part of the Territory. They have important and strong connection to much of the Territory. And as a rule, uh, their connection and spiritual affiliation with land um, isn't, is not challenged and is uh, readily accepted by all parties. Um, the issue here is the detriment to third parties. That is not to be determined by the Aboriginal Land Commissioner and has to be determined by the Federal Minister for Indigenous Affairs. Senator Nigel Scullion will weigh up the spiritual uh, Indigenous connection to this water versus the potential detriment on industries and elements of the community. Yes, the benefits that might accrue to Aboriginal people resulting as that them having exclusive control over beds and banks and rivers, certain you know rivers and the intertidal zone and um, the detriment that occur to third parties. As contrasted to, say, native title, which around Australia there's a provision in Acts which guarantee third-party rights to access to all intertitles, to the beaches uh, around um, all the rest of Australia. That doesn't apply in these cases? It will not apply in these cases. So the primary focus is often recreational fishing access and commercial fishing access. Can you paint a bit of a picture more broadly, though, in terms of other users, other industries and the, the larger territory economy about some of the detriment factors that need to be considered here? The reasons many of the rivers are claimed is because they're some of the biggest rivers in the Territory and that's because the rivers have been used to separate pastoral leases and rather than separating by dividing down the middle of the river, the traditional way of separating them has been to the top of one bank for a pastoral lease, the top of bank of the other bank for the other pastoral lease and the area in between being vacant crown land where everyone has the rights to use, including Indigenous people. Partialists do tend to use the waters in the rivers, access the waters in the rivers, not only for stock, but we control um, potentially sometimes the movement of stock and um, also, of course, their own recreational use and um, part of being livability in the Territory. In addition to that, um, if we're going to be an exporting uh, Territory, then unless you're going to fly something else, which means not bulk commodities, most things have to move over the intertidal zone whether it's uh, eventually 
um, gas that's going out via LNG, whether it's minerals, whether it's livestock, to think about it. If you're going to export out the territory through the territory, you've got to cross into tidal zone. So once that detriment is established, what are the Senator Nigel Scullion's options in terms of dealing with it? The failure to grant these will leave Aboriginal people with all the rights, the same rights as the rest of the community, as well as all their native title rights and interests, as well as the right to have all their sacred sites protected through the application of the Northern Territory Aboriginal Sacred Sites Act. So at one level, there's no loss to Aboriginal people in terms of not having it granted because everything they wish to do and all the resources they wish to access are still available to them. Uh, it's the effect on the third parties that seems to be the real focus. And the so so the, senator, the senator could say the detriment in these areas is too significant, I therefore do not accept the land commissioner's recommendation and I will not grant these claims. Yes, and maybe particularly considering that 85% of the coastline has already been granted as uh, Aboriginal land under these arrangements. So this is, we're talking about roughly the last 10, uh, 10 or so percent. Um, and some of the rest of our major rivers, 48% of the Northern Territory is already, already Aboriginal land. Um, and some people might say that when the Land Rights Act was introduced, it was not really introduced for these claims. And the fact that these claims are 20 years and old and not being determined yet is a bit of a sign that it probably never was really contemplated in the first place. Technically, it's allowed. Everyone recognises that. It is technically allowed but I'm not sure that it was the real concept uh, in the first place. Those two claims that are being assessed that we've discussed come at the same time uh, as another 16 claims that the Senator has asked for review. Uh, One of those is also the Roper River. Yes, since from the mouth of the Roper and uh, a fair way down the Roper. And what's the time frame for the detriment to be proved and then for an ultimate decision? By the end of this year... Once the Federal Minister makes this decision, it's beyond the legal competence for the Northern Territory Government to either change the the Act to allow access because it's federal legislation which overrides territory legislation and that federal legislation specifically says that the Territory Government does not have the right to, to compulsory acquire any land or any part of that Aboriginal land. So the Territory Government generally, the way it ultimately controls things if it's not happy with it is compulsory acquiring of paying compensation, that can't occur in this case or in any of these cases. Kevin Stevens, thanks for your time. My, my pleasure.